You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We didn't go away. We're still here. Still a lot of off-season content to go over, but this podcast is really about the wild card playoff games. Uh, if you you know, obviously a lot of our fantasy leagues are over with. We still have a lot to do that. Like in terms of like DFS, still well and alive. Uh, pickums, underdog pickums, we're doing that. Prop betting, obviously doing a lot of that as well. So you know, we're still you know we're still in it. You know, it's hard to stay away as long as there's football on, meaningful games. Uh, we're going to be wagering, you know, somehow some way, right? And yeah. um, these, these Walker games, you know, the Saturday games, you know, huge spreads in those like vegas is expecting some blowouts in that one and then on sunday you know we got some closer games and then obviously we have a game on monday night as well you know i'm used to four games on wild card playoff weekend but you know now that they added that seven seed in each yeah. conference we got six games this weekend so six meaningful games this should be fun yeah no i love it you know honestly i know that it's probably just a money grab by the nfl you know just to get more playoff games you know during the weekend obviously from going from four to six but I'm totally okay with that. More football to watch for us, more for us to wager on, you know, more for us to make bets, you know, play contests, all that stuff. I I think it's totally worth it. And I think there are a lot of good games, you know, coming up this weekend. Obviously, I I think Saturday we'll have a game that could go. I think it's going to go one way. I think it's going to go the 49ers way. But then the game at night at 815 between the Chargers and the Jaguars, like we talked about, I think, on the last pod, you know, that's the one I'm kind of dying to see. I want to see how that goes. That's going to be a good game. Nobody hates the Chargers or the Jaguars. Like, you could root for either of these teams, and no one would blame you for going either way. Um, Dolphins, Bills, I think I know how that game's going to go. I mean, I'm assuming that Skylar Thompson might get the start. I don't, I don't think there's any hope for the Dolphins. You know, I wouldn't, you know, be holding out any hope as a Dolphins fan. I don't think you're going anywhere this season. You just barely squeaked into the playoffs. You're going against the Bills. They're hyper-motivated. They're at home. I just don't see that happening. Um, Giants-Vikings, it's a grudge match from Christmas Eve. I think that would be a good one. Ravens, Bengals. I, I think the Bengals are going to win that one. The Ravens, I think, are in a very similar boat as the Dolphins, where the quarterback situation is a big question mark. The rest of the team yeah. could be as good as they want it to be, but without a good quarterback, they're not going to go anywhere. And then also, Cowboys and Buccaneers. That's a coin flip for me. And a lot of people, I mean, you look at the box score, you look at the records, you're like, oh, the Cowboys have this one won easily now. If, if you watched week 18 at all, you, you know this one's probably going to be close. So that's going to be a good way to end the week, I think, in terms of ratings, you know, for the NFL. They're going to be feeling pretty good about having that one on Monday night. I think so. I think so. Um, so, you know, in, in this podcast, we're going to do, we're going to go over each game. We're going to talk about all the underdog picks that we like for these games. Um, and what ones we don't like as well. Um, yeah. and, and kind of, you know, and it, it'll, a lot of it's going to have to do with game script and how we think these games are going to go. Uh, but you know, if you're not signed up with underdog, go ahead and do that. Okay. 
Uh, they have a bunch of playoff best ball tournaments. The Mitten Four, which was their $5 entry, $250,000 in prizes tournament, that has officially filled up yesterday. Yeah. So uh, they, they still have a couple other tournaments. You can still do a battle royale for this weekend's game specifically. It's not playoff long like the gauntlet is. Um, that one is a $25 entry, $1 million in prizes type of tournament. Uh, and then the the gauntlet, you know, still, you know, a ton of prizes, more than $200,000 in prizes for the gauntlet. That's just for this wildcard weekend. Uh, so you can go ahead uh, on underdogfantasy.com, download the app, uh, and you can start doing some drafts today. Make sure you use the code upper hand, though, because if you do, you get uh, your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right. right. So you get like $100 in house be- money right there. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can use that money to like enter more tournaments and get more yeah. entries to like increase your chances of winning these tournaments. Um, you know, also like I'm giving away a hundred dollars every single week in underdog credit up until the Super Bowl. Uh, so you know, it, and all you have to do is just have, <laughs> you all you have to do is have signed up and deposited with underdog through me, through up, upper right. hand. That's all you have had to do. No matter when you signed up, you're eligible to to win that hundred bucks. Okay, um, let's get into it, man. So Seahawks 49ers. Uh, this is an interesting game. You know, obviously a high, higher point spread here. I think it was 11 point point spread. So, you know, this could be a closer game than we think, but Vegas is expecting the 49ers to really do their thing here. Um, you know, I'm looking at Geno Smith and, and his, his lines here. Um, 228.5 passing yards is his line. I, if I had to choose one, I would probably go higher. You know, I kind of like it. Like DK, you know, DK's healthy. Lockett's healthy now. Uh, Seahawks are going to be forced to pass. The 49ers have a good run defense. They've allowed the fourth most passing yards over the last four weeks. Um, but I think if I have to pick one of his pickums, I think I might pick his pass attempts over 32 and a half. Uh, he threw it 44 times uh, in week four, week 15 against Seattle. That was in Seattle. Um, you know, it, it's like kind of the combination of how you attack the 49ers, right? Because you want to attack them through the air, and not right. the ground. And then the potential game script as well, if we're thinking that the Seahawks are going to be down, right? I think 32 and a half is a, is a solid number to choose the over on. Yeah, I was looking at Geno Smith too, and I thought that that would be a, a good one to have as well. The only thing that kind of, you know, worries me a little bit, I don't know if you saw these reports, but I saw reports that the weather might be pretty bad, you know, for this game. Um, they were calling for heavy rain and some wind gusts that were supposed to be pretty strong in, in like 25 mile an hour, 30 mile an hour range. I don't know if that's going to affect them the entire game or change the way they want to attack the Niners because at the end of the day, you know, it's a team versus a team. The weather will be, it's just a factor. But I think you look at this and um, you can't at least be, you can't not be a little bit concerned about it. For me, I was, I was all in on Geno Smith, a lot of his props, especially the passing yards until I saw that weather report. Uh, we'll see if that changes moving forward. Um, but as long as if the weather is just if it's just rain, and it's not humongous winds. I think you're going to be fine with this one. And you don't want to just boil it down to that. But um, I, I think that they're probably going to be playing catch up. I don't think there's a really a scenario where Seahawks have a lead in this game um, because the 49ers have just been dominating every facet of the game since they started three and four. Um, so I think that you could go with that. I'm just monitoring the weather report. I don't have a problem with that bet at all. It's just I, I think that. I would just keep an eye on that just in case because there are a lot of picks too that I like as well outside of this one. Yeah, okay. So this is not your favorite pick. Now, I much rather go with the attempts than the yardage. The yardage yeah. is, is a lot, definitely a lot more iffy for me. Um, I, so like you know, in terms of like the weather, it seems like 
the weather might not be too bad in terms of in terms of um uh weather uh i'm sorry in terms, in terms of the weather might be too bad <laughs> in terms of the weather might, the weather might not be too bad in terms of weather uh no yeah. in terms of wind in terms of wind i'm sorry uh but yeah i think that's the thing that we have to pay attention to whether it's going to be you know 20 25 mile per hour winds if there is then yeah we definitely have to you know con- have concern about that because it's possible that they just run the ball a lot more um yeah. but if it's like 10 to 15 mile per hour winds you know it's not too bad um if there's gusts up to 30 miles per hour then you kind of have to worry a little bit the attempt it's still possible that the attempts are there it's yeah. still possible that the attempts are there it's just not the yardage um so yeah that might not be the best uh you know if 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 you if you're only putting together five of these all together for the whole weekend that might not be the, the best one to go with i agree I agree. Right. Um, I was also looking at, you know, if the weather isn't so bad, you know, Tyler Lockett, you know, over five receptions, you know, in both matches against the 49ers, he had nine catches and seven catches. And it makes sense, you know, that flanker role that he plays on that right side in the slot, that's where the 49ers' weakness has been, right? right. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, if the weather's okay, I think Tyler Lockett, you know, is a lock for, for, for more than five catches, even with that broken finger. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet, too. You know, we've seen Geno Smith dial in on Tyler Lockett plenty this season. Obviously, it's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but they both get very similar. Um, it looks like uh, usage, very similar production, and we have them ranked back-to-back pretty much every week, you know, this season. Um, as Since we've known that Geno Smith is, you know, Geno Smith, and he's not the Geno Smith of old, he's the Geno Smith of new. Um, I, I like the Seahawks, definitely. I, wa- I want them to do well in this game. I want to pick... The overs on this one, I I think that Tyler Lockett can do this. I'm more confident in Tyler Lockett doing his thing than maybe Geno Smith, you know, distributing the ball well, having those passing yards. If he's going to be throwing passing yards, you know, I think it's going to be going to these receivers. I wouldn't really pick anybody else out of the big outside the big two and Metcalf and Lockett. That's why I like to you know choose the opportunity. You know, a lot of a lot of these these yeah. props, I love to choose the opportunity props because it's way more easier to predict, in my opinion. No, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, and we, we look the, at most of the production. Like whenever I see these, like you know, pass attempts or like receptions, opposed to like yardage, right? Because if you you know you expect Lockett to get his targets and you expect him right. to catch most of them, right? Um, regardless of how how many yards he goes for, right? It's kind of like playing in a PPR league where it's just like, well, yeah. you know, you know, he has a solid floor because he's going to catch five six balls. It's, it's a similar right. thing here. It is, yeah, and I, I, absolutely, I do like the opportunity ones as well. Um, someone else that I kind of like in this game, going to the other side of the ball, and this is one of my favorite ones. I think this one's kind of like a gimme, in my opinion, and I'm not sure how big you might be on this one, but I, I think George Kittle, he has a 9.15 fantasy point prop this week. I think he can hit that easily with flying colors this week. Brock Purdy has been playing so well during touchdowns, specifically to George Kittle as of late. You know, he's been using him a whole lot. He's looked much better than he had than he did at the beginning of the season, George Kittle did. I think that this is a slam dunk pick. The weather would be concerning if Kittle weren't on the absolute terror that he was. Um, The efficiency and production has been there despite the targets not being huge. That's why I'm avoiding the four receptions and the 43 receiving yards. But if he can score a touchdown, like, give me that. That's six points. You know, if he catches – let's see. So, I'm assuming it's it's a half-point PPR, I think, for underdog. I I think if he catches a 15-yard for like 40 yards and then like a touchdown. Yeah, the touchdown puts him way over the top. So, like, yeah. if he catches a touchdown pass, which I think is a pretty safe bet, the way that Brock Purdy's been playing, the way he's been targeting him, and the way this offense has been performing, like, don't forget that this offense is averaging 33.5 fantasy points, like, not fantasy points, total game points a game since Brock Purdy took over. Like, 
this is, I think, a really easy one for me. And I, I'm slam, I'm slamming that one in the net, you know, regardless of the weather. I agree. He scored seven touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, and, and like you said, the reception ones, you're like, I'm not sure, because he's he's had four receptions in three of them, right? Three yeah. of those four games. You know, he went under 30 yards in two of them. So, you know, do, we probably want to hit the over on the fantasy points here. So 9.15 half PPR fantasy points. It's a good matchup against the Seahawks, obviously, as well. Yeah. Right? The Seahawks are one of the worst teams against tight ends. And the last time he went up against the Seahawks, he killed them, right? He almost yeah. had 100 yards on like four catches and two, touch, two touchdowns. So he has the chance to do his thing. Um, and, and Brock Purdy, like, you know, you mentioned the weather, too. I didn't even think Brock Purdy was going to throw it a whole lot in this game, right? The Seahawks are right. obviously very vulnerable on the ground. Um, Brock Purdy's pass attempt prop is at 28 and a half. I, I think I'm taking the lower here. Lower I than 28 and a half. Total sense. Total you know, sense. Qu- Christian McCaffrey. Back. Exactly. Exactly. Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, both healthy, right? Yeah. And the Seahawks, one of the worst rushing defenses. So I can see these two running backs combining for like 35 carries. And yeah. if you look at Purdy's last six starts, 28 and a half pass attempts. He's gone under that four times in those six starts. So I, I like the lower on Brock Purdy here. Um, and I just mentioned Elijah Mitchell too. <laughs> you know, uh, his line, his rushing line is 38 and a half, right? right? Like he only needs like what, like 10 carries to hit that. And that that's if he's inefficient, right? And yeah, if you look at his last three games, nine carries for 59 yards, seven carries for 35 yards, five carries for 55 yards. Like, like, he doesn't need that many carries to hit it. Like, he, you know, he just fits his running scheme so, so well. Like, I kind of – I like the over on him this week. If we're expecting the 49ers to go up in this game, if if we're expecting a little bit of bad weather, you know, they aren't going to overuse Christian McCaffrey if they go up. I think Mitch, right. Mitchell's a lot for, like, eight to ten carries in this game. Yeah, they're not going to salt away a game with Christian McCaffrey, I don't think. And not that Elijah Mitchell's someone especially that you salt away Mitchell a game back, with I think. Yeah. I think especially they're, with Mitchell back, I would say. Right. Yeah, especially with him back. Not that Elijah Mitchell's like this bruiser, and he obviously hasn't proven to be like, you know, able to stay healthy his in his entire career. But you look at his career, his average, his yards per carry is always hovering around high four, low five. You know, he's been super efficient every time he's been on the field. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I think that you could definitely take Elijah Mitchell some some higher props in this one. Because like you said, if the Niners go up in this game, they're not going to put their premier playmaker in Christian McCaffrey out on the field in the late third quarter, into the fourth quarter, in sloppy weather, if that's what it's going to come down to. I, I think that this is a good pick with Elijah Mitchell. And Brock Purdy, you know, you talk about him, they're not asking him to do much. This lower pick on those um, attempts, I think, is consistent with the game plan that they're going to have. I don't see him throwing the ball a whole lot, especially in a high-pressure situation like this. Granted, it's not the, the worst matchup. It's not like this is a scary team that they're going to be playing. Obviously, Geno Smith and the Seahawks, they have a chip on their shoulder, so that's something. This isn't the worst-case scenario for Brock Purdy. It's still going to be relatively comfortable for him. They're not going to ask him to do too much in his first playoff game. I think that having him on the lower, especially given the fact that Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are back, like you said, it's going to be a ground-and-pound day for the Niners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, man, for me, like, the Chargers offense is just all over the place. Like, I can't really get a feel for any of the Chargers players, to be honest. Like, outside of Keaton Allen, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Justin Herbert, Eckler, you know. I I do like Keaton Allen's receiving prop, you know, to go higher than 76 and a half receiving yards. Um, The Jaguars' vulnerability on defense is the slot, and that's where he runs most of his routes from. So, you know, he's gone over that total, 76 and a half, in six of his last eight games. Yeah. Um, and I think this game should be competitive. So I think they're going to have to throw the ball, right? Uh, I don't think we have to worry about weather in this game. So I think Keenan Allen, you know, he's, you know, he could do his thing. Like, I'm not, you know, it's like, I think his his reception total was like, I think it was at seven, if I'm not it's mistaken. Seven because it's seven, right? I, I actually like that one. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you ask me, I know you like the receiving yards, but I, I like the seven receptions because Justin Herbert's just been dialing in a Keenan Allen since he's come back from the injury. And we've talked about it during the season on the podcast about how he's just a target machine and a reception machine. You know, Herbert and Lawrence in their first round, in the first round, it's going to be a shootout, I think, regardless. That's what I'm betting on, you know, each in their first playoff game. I, I think with Mike Williams potentially banged up for this one, we're still not sure if he's going to play or not. I think Herbert's going to lean really heavily on Allen, just as he has since his return. Um, He's gone over seven targets in every game but one since he came back from that injury. And I know you were that was a long-awaited return from injury because you had him on your fantasy team. But um, he's been a catching well, listen, machine. He helped me. Uh, he helped me. He helped me win a championship. So I, I give right. him. I give him. I give him a pass on that one. Yeah. Well, he came back and it's, he didn't leave any questions about it. You know, he left no doubt. He was actually a really good fantasy receiver, especially in PPR, like you said. Um, but he's been a catching machine. That's kind of been his MO his entire career. And that's not su- suddenly going to stop in the playoffs. Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert. I want to see how this offense plays in the playoffs. I think that Keenan Allen is pretty much a lock for seven receptions. He's going to lean into his playmaker, and that's Keenan Allen. Is is your lock for eight, though? Because that's what you need, right? I, I think yeah, if you're true. going over, you know what I'm saying? Is he locked for eight? eight? That's my. I, I think it's... <laughs> that's, okay. that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> It's funny because if you were setting these lines, where would you put it? Like, would you put seven? Like, I, I'm not sure because I, I try I to get put seven. of the, yeah, the, the I, line maker. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. I would put seven <laughs> because I want everyone to take the over. You know, right. uh, if it was six and a half, I'm with you. If it was six, yeah, if okay, I was set I a six it. and a half, I'd be like, yep. Seven, is he locked for seven? Yes, I agree with that. Is he locked for eight, seven, though? Maybe he'll, maybe he'll get seven and a half receptions. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Maybe. 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 <laughs> I don't know, man. So yeah, I I, hear that, I think I, I mean, still think I would not be surprised if he goes over uh, seven receptions. If he catches eight balls in this game, uh, seventy six yeah. and a half receiving yards, I feel just a little bit more comfortable there. Um, I just think they're going to do his thing, and the Jaguars have been vulnerable there in the slot. So I think he can he can he can hit that regardless. He's going to get his opportunity, and right. you know, with Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler, man, like I can't get a feel for either of them. Like, does anything stand out for you two for you with either of these guys? Like, you know, you know, just something to note. Eckler's targets have come down with Keenan yeah. Allen back, you know, as Justin Herbert's favorite target, like three or four targets in each of the last four games for Eckler. Like that, th- that throws things off a bit for me in this one, in this one. Right. Um, now, one thing to note though, about the Jaguars, they have 
teams have targeted their running backs against the Jaguars more than any other team in the league this year. Yeah. You know? So maybe over five receptions for Eckler. Maybe it, I, I don't feel I don't I don't feel super confident about it to be honest. With no, you. I, I'm not confident about either of them either. You know the thing about Austin Eckler, his production has come from touchdowns, as we know. That's kind of been his story. You know, especially as the fantasy CEO, as since we've dubbed him that. You know, because he's just the man. But um, I, I I don't like the reception prop. Like you said, they have come down a little bit. I don't even like the scrimmage yards prop. You know, ninety four point five. I'm not a big fan of that either. Because even though yeah. he he's been scoring touchdowns. He hasn't been putting up too many yards in any of these games. And Justin Herbert, he's been consistently in terms of output, you know, maybe fantasy production and, you know, stat lines, average. I think he hasn't been humongously, you know, like stand out this season. Although you look, you turn on the tape, you look at him, he passes the eye test with flying colors. He's making great passes. And, um, and that's why you can't even take the lower on any of these with right. Justin Herbert. So because he could throw for like 380 yeah. and two t- three touchdowns and like no interceptions. And you're like, all right, well, like we know we had he, we know he had this in him, yeah. right? And like I, I, I can't go with the lower. I can't bet against him either. No. <laughs> so I'm he staying just, away. He just, yeah, I think he's a complete avoid right now because – He's just kind of been right in the middle there, like we said, with the stat production, you know, in, in the regular season. We haven't seen him in playoffs, but since we haven't seen him in playoffs, we can't say anything definitive. So I, I'm just going to kind of leave it that way. I'm leaving Justin Herbert out of my lineups this week just because, you know, I'm not terribly confident. And the Jaguars, they're quietly playing pretty well on defense. They're not fantastic, but pretty well as an overall defense, they're playing pretty well. I kind of like Travis Etienne's rushing attempt line of 16 and a half. The Chargers, you know, they have they're a very vulnerable rushing defense. I, I I don't think this is a game where they come in and say, All right, Trevor Lawrence, this is all on you. Right. right. I think they're gonna try to run the ball. And Etienne has had those games where he's had over, you know, o- over this, you know, a, a handful of times. So I think sixteen and a half rush yard, rushing attempts is a good number. I don't think it's too high. Um I think he I think he gets over this. And I think if this is gonna be a close game, Etienne's gonna get more than twenty carries. Um, and I think this is a game where you want to do it. And unless the Jaguars go way up or the Chargers go way up, which I don't think is going to happen, I think it's going to stay close. Um, I think Etienne gets his gets his carries because of the fact that the rush, the Chargers, <laughs> there's no coach in the NFL that's going to go up against the Chargers and say like, oh, we're not going to run the ball. That's going right. to be their main focus in this one, I think. And Doug Peterson, you know, he's very good at helping his young quarterback. We saw him do it with Carson Wentz in Philly. And now he's going to do it again with Trevor Lawrence. I think he knows that you can't put it all on his shoulders, especially second-year quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is broken out, but we still need to see a little bit of consistency from him week to week. I think that 16.5 rushing attempts for Travis Etienne does make sense. I do agree. I think that the game script will allow for that to happen relatively easy, easily. How do you feel about the half-touchdown prop? You know, obviously one touchdown or not, over half a touchdown. I think he could get that too. Just because I, I think yeah. it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think he's liable to at least punch punch one in. I think if it's goal line type of carry, he's been their guy in the backfield. If someone's going to be running the ball in. I mean, we know Trevor Lawrence has legs, and he can run it himself. But I think he might be good for a, a touchdown this week too. Yeah, I can see it. I I, I think I per, like you know it really depends on the player um, that I like to put these rushing touchdown props in there because yeah. I feel like when you throw a rushing uh, and this is basically an anytime rushing touchdown. You know, yeah. for for ETN, and that's sitting at you know more than plus one hundred on the on the sports books right now. So I'm like, you know, do I really want to put that in my entry because you're kind of decreasing your odds to win the whole entry if you choose the anytime touchdown prop. So 
I unless it's like Derrick Henry or you know like these these prolific touchdown scorers. I personally, yeah. I'm not Jamal a big Williams. fan of throwing those in there. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Williams, right? Exactly. Uh, I would be more comfortable like with those type of guys. You know, even though the regression is still going to continue to come for Travis Etienne because you know his touchdown last week, he ended up scoring. We talked about this against Houston that we loved the anytime touchdown for him last week. It came through, right? But it came on a long touchdown. Like it didn't even come in the, you know, it didn't even come, you know, in the ten within the ten yard line or the five yard line. So uh, that's true. It's still due for him. It's still due for him, um, but I, yeah. I I don't know if I want to. There's so many props that I like this weekend. Yeah, and watch. I mean, ETN's going to score like three touchdowns in this game. Watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I I hear you. I just I want to with all these other opportunity based ones. I feel like I'd rather just go with those. Right. So your your strategy going into Wild Card Weekend right now, or or any week, is the opportunity based picks. That's what you like. Usually, usually. is that I kind like of what to, you like build to... your found the foundation of your entry? I would on? say so. I would say yeah. so. I, you know, it really depends. You know, sometimes I see really like I, I see low lines in terms of like, you know, passing yards or receiving yards and things like that. But, you know, it's a lot more variable when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, I think the opportunity right. is, 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 is the, has the least amount of variance, I would say. Yeah, that, that's fair. So that makes it a good building block for an entry. And then you can add the yeah. touchdown scores on top of that. Yeah. As, you know, if they hit good, like, you know, you have a little bit of risk there. And you, yeah. I think that's that's probably smart. And for underdog, you know, you don't have to hit the 5x every time. I'm sorry, the, the 5 pick every time with the 20x, right? Like, there might be three, like, for example, like, the ones that we already talked about today, right? Like, yep. you don't have to choose five of them to, to throw in there. Like, you can choose, like, just three of them. Like, you can choose, let's see, you can choose Brock Purdy under 28 and a half pass attempts, Elijah Mitchell over 38 and a half rush yards, um, you know, Travis Etienne over 16 and a half rush attempts, and then call it a day. You know, because yep. that's still 10x right there, right? So, like, yeah. why not? You know, uh, so, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how, how I like to roll sometimes. Uh, I'm sorry, that's not 10x, that's 6x, that's 6x, but it's still solid. Still, you know what I'm saying? Lots you, of money. You, you, yeah, you, you throw in 20 bucks, you get 120. Yeah, you put in 20 bucks, you get 120 bucks out of that. Why not? You know, it's one thing if you're betting like two dollars, <laughs> you know, woo, go with, just the, go with meal, the 5x at that point. Just, just, just want a meal at Wendy's. <laughs> woo. <laughs> <laughs> just go with the five X at that point. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on to Sunday. Uh, Do- Dolphins, Bills, man. Shit. Like, I don't know if I like anything in this game, dude. Like, I'm it's avoiding, really hard to, hard to reject. Are you? I'm <laughs> avoiding the Dolphins like the plague. I don't want any yeah, yeah. piece of that. And it's going to be similar. You know, I'm going to jump the gun here a little bit on the Ravens game. I'm avoiding all the Ravens, too, because I look at the quarterback situation for both of these teams. I don't trust the offense in any of them especially the Dolphins. You know, we've seen this offense just be terrible. Skylar Thompson can't make Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle work, you know? And I'm not yeah. saying I expect Skylar Thompson to do that. We understand that he's – was he, he was a seventh-round rookie. There's no yeah. expectation for him. But if he's not going to be able to make that work, he's not going to be able to make it work with any other receivers. And that's just bad news for Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's pretty much all the props that you have for this game. You have uh, Mike Kosicki, I think, as your other one. I don't trust that. Yeah. He's been fl- – shaky at best um he hasn't been consistent in any sense of the word this season so for me and i may have beat you to it here i'm leaving the dolphins completely out of my lineup i'm not worried about any of them i'm not putting any of that uncertainty of where there's already a bunch of uncertainty obviously in the lineup um more than i need to this week i hear that man tyreek's at 61 and a half receiving yards as his production and jalen waddles at 47 and a half it's like you know i don't know how you can trust either of these guys 
if I'm going to choose any of them, it's going to be Tyreek Hill because like he can catch one ball and yeah. go for like 70 yards. But right. like, yeah, I'm I'm with all the other options. I'd rather stay away personally. And granted, um, I will say, you know, that they did have a tough matchup last week, and a little recency bias might be playing into I'm um, saying, you know, those Agreed, panic because and, you know, Thompson. Did you watch those clips with uh, Sauce Gardner against Tyreek last week? It was so, pretty impressive, man. Yeah. No, Sauce Gardner's just it was, ridiculous. It was pretty I, impressive. So, you know, he, it was a combination, like you said. Yeah, so I think that's definitely playing a little bit into my, you know, avoidance of these guys, but I just don't trust them. The Bills are hyper-motivated. They're at home. Like I said, there's no reason to think that the Dolphins really stand a chance. If Teddy Bridgewater miraculously plays, I think that these picks are in play. You could consider these, especially Tyreek Hill. But if Skylar Thompson's a starting guy, I'm, I'm, I'm staying far away. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. All right, so let's see. Uh, these other bills, like, you know, Josh Allen, like, are you looking at any of these props for Josh Allen? 34 pass attempts, no. 255 passing yards? No, you're not. For me, you know, the problem... I, 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 re- I really Go wish ahead. that Singletary or James Cook had a rushing attempt um, prop associated yeah. to them. That's true. I, I think that would be a good pick. For me, with Josh Allen, you know, it seems pretty easy to say that he's going to hit those props. He's just a little under 300 yards on his passing prop. And, you know, you talk about the past attempts. If the Bills go up in this game, the, the Dolphins aren't going to come back. They don't have the offensive firepower at quarterback to get that done. So if they go up, there's a chance that Josh Allen just gets pulled. Why would we keep him in the game? You know, if they have this game well in hand by the midway through the third quarter, we could just see them pull Josh Allen. Why would we risk having him on the field? There's no reason to. They, I, I ask, think uh, that's ask in Brandon play Stilly. here. <laughs> about pulling players yeah I mean, as brandon, brandon stilly yeah if brandon stilly were the coach for the bills then maybe i wouldn't worry about that but you know, if brandon I think, stilly was the coach of the bills they would be uh out of the playoffs right now yeah yeah that, that, that's fair <laughs> <laughs> hey at least one of our coaches got dropped that we have all these problems with you know we talk about Brandon Staley being problematic. Cliff Kingsbury's out in Arizona. Just a little news Woo-hoo. right there. Did we talk about that since that happened? Like, no, we didn't talk good, about it, man. Good news. Like, and Kyler Murray's supposedly going to have a say in who they hire. Like, imagine Sean awesome. Payton going there. That'd be nice. That would be pretty sweet. No. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to, you know, whoever is the offensive coordinator <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do like a, a what ifs post before anything happens. Just be like, what it. if this happens? You know, like that would be just speculate. That would be fun. That would be fun. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm touching the bills at all. Right. Um, you know, I, I like Stefan Diggs. It's like, you know, how much does he have to produce in order for the bills to go up? That's the questions that I have. So I am staying away in these type of game scripts personally. Giants, Vikings. I'm interested in Isaiah Hodgins. I'm interested in Richie James in this game. You know, I like the the four and a half reception uh, over for Richie James. Uh, he had eight catches against Minnesota a few weeks ago. Minnesota has been vulnerable to slot wide receivers. He's hit over four and a half receptions in four of his last five games when he's played a yeah. full-time role. And then Isaiah Hodgins, you know, we called him, you know, before that Minnesota game, and it worked out because that left yeah. side, at, you know, Minnesota has been vulnerable all year. Uh, and he had his best game of the year against Minnesota. Over four receptions. I can see that. Like, I could, I might go with those two, you know, uh, with those two overs for these two wide receivers. If I had to choose one, I think I would choose Richie James. Yeah. I think Richie James looks to be 
just passes the eye test to just the better receiver. And Daniel Jones seems to be dialing in on him really well in his role. I think that they're both good picks because this Minnesota Vikings defense is just gold in terms of it was for fantasy, you know, obviously scoring, allowing fantasy points, but also now we're talking about hitting props. You know, I, I think that they're pretty much locked in. Daniel Jones has been playing better. Um, the Giants are playing with a chip on their shoulder, even though they're six seed. You know, it's not like they're severely, you know, underdogs in this game. I think they have a fighting chance against the Vikings who can come out hot and cold. I think that this, those are two decent uh, picks for this week. I, I agree. But there's somebody else that like this one more. Did you see Dan Orlovsky's uh, quarterback rankings for the playoffs? I I saw a I saw Patrick Mahomes at the top. I think that was it. So, so he had uh, he had Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence, okay. and he had both of them over Dak Prescott. Okay, so I'm not going. Hmm. I don't agree with Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence at all. No, um, at I all. think that's not debatable. Um, if you want to talk about consistent play, I don't know how we rank them. Obviously. No, no, no. This is just the rankings of quarterbacks going to the playoffs. That's all. I think Dak will continue to be severely underrated. Obviously, the interceptions have been an issue, and I'm a humongous Dak Prescott fan. I love him. If you but... had to win the game, if you had to win the game in the playoffs, who would you rather have? Dak Prescott? What? I don't think it matters. Between the guys that we just talked about, I would take Dak over both of them. Me That's too. Just... Pretty yeah. easily. Pretty easily, yeah. to be honest. I think so. The, okay, I'm glad, I'm glad, there, I'm glad we, we're on the same page on that one. There's so much lack of context surrounding any talk about that, and that's my that that's my issue. And it's been that way his whole career. I'm a big Dak Prescott defender, but I'm going to leave it at that. I, I, I have some stuff to sense. talk about. I have some stuff to talk about with Dak in, in, in a couple minutes as soon yeah. as we get to the, the cop. I thing. actually like one of his picks too for this. Yeah, week. So that's a that's preview. I'm at, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so we like the couple Giants wide receivers. I'm 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 not going with uh, what's his name? Uh, who who's the who's the who's the other Giants wide receiver who is now Darius Slayton. Uh, Slayton. You know he has the highest receiving prop out of all these guys, but um, he has the worst matchup of these three wide receivers. So I'm not going right. with him personally. And, and he's cooled off these past couple games. You know it seems like Isaiah Hodgins yeah. and Richie James are making so a little headway in, in yeah, the receiver. I agree. So I think that he's not that he's falling out of favor, but he's not maybe as versatile as the other two guys at this point. Let me let me ask you a question. Um does 93 and a half receiving yards for Justin Jefferson seem low to you? Yes. <laughs> I, I have it that does, one right? like highlighted on my notes. Okay, okay, right good, here. It's good, hilarious. Good. Because this is like one of my favorite picks this week. Okay, perfect. <laughs> you know, Giants yeah. are Giants are bottom ten in receiving yards allowed to wide receivers over the last four weeks. Uh and they just don't have anyone in that secondary to def- defend Jefferson. The only thing I can see them doing is like getting desperate and like double teaming Jefferson and just trying to take him away completely. Um, But then KJ Osborne has benefited from things like that lately. Right. Yeah. KJ Osborne's reception total is set at three and he's went over that in four of his last five games, which is surprising. Um, The only game he didn't go over that in the sample though, was against the giants. So, You know, if the Giants end up swaying their coverage over to Jefferson, does does KJ Osborne end up benefiting? Who knows? I've seen this kind of thing happen before, but TJ Hawkinson though, <laughs> he went off against the Giants. Yeah, thirteen yeah. catches for hundred nine yards, two <laughs> touchdowns. What are we doing with TJ Hawkinson here? You know, his projections are set at forty-seven and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions, ten point two five fantasy points. You know, outside of Jefferson, are you leaning towards any of these? Uh, no, not really. I think maybe if you want to be a little spicy, 
you could pick TJ Hawkinson's receiving yards prop. I think I would be all right with that because you're right. If they do swing things, Justin Jefferson's way, they double him, they try to take him away. I still don't think that's going to work. A, but B, TJ Hawkinson, you know, he's when he catches the ball, it's usually a pretty big play. And that was yeah. a big game that he had against the Giants. And I think that could happen again. I'm not saying it's going to be to the tune of 109 yards and two touchdowns on 16 targets, 13 catches. I'm not saying it's going to be that. I think he's good for a touchdown. I think it's going to be a very similar game to what we saw on Christmas Eve. And if that's any indicator, you know, I, I think that Justin Jefferson is going to be just fine. I have him there. Um, like I said, he's probably my favorite pick this week because it does feel low, the 93 and a half receiving yards. Yeah. He was sniffing Calvin Johnson's record all season. Obviously, it was 17 game season compared to 16, but he had 133 yards in that matchup against the Giants in week 16. And he topped 100 yards in over half of the games in 2022. Like, do you really think the Giants are going to fare any better than they did? couple weeks ago like they're not far yeah. removed from that game and yes yeah. they might make adjustments to try and handle just jefferson a little bit better but and, and when i say adjustments this is what i mean by that okay <laughs> i'm yeah. talking like like bracket him two yeah men on him like just literally like leave everybody else open like that's yeah. literally what would end up happening if they do that <laughs> right just jefferson is, he's just different and i think if this line was at even at 105 i think i would take the over i'm not that worried <laughs> okay. about it all right. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, Ravens, Bengals, uh, Jamar Chase, six and a half receptions. I'm taking the over here. Uh, he's done that in his last eight games played. Okay. He's went right. over six and a half receptions in his last eight games played. So it's really that simple for me. I don't want to overanalyze it even more than that. You know, he's averaging 7.8 catches per game over those last eight games, six and a half receptions. I'm taking the over pretty easily on, the, on this one. Yeah. That one sounds pretty easy. And, yeah, that is really easy money. How did I miss that? <laughs> you know, I'm looking right? at it now. Like, it seems I was pretty easy. For I was like, I, I, I wonder if I wonder if Chase, uh, if they did they take it off or is it still there? Because you know, six and a half still there. Because sometimes there. what ends yeah. up happening is that like when a lot of people are on a certain pick, they'll take like, it down. Uh, like let's, let, yeah, they'll take it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I would get on it before before that happens. Yeah. Um, so okay, yeah. anything else from the Ravens Bengals that you like? Definitely not the Ravens, and no, not really with the Bengals either. Because if they go up, like I said, this is a game script. I think it's going to be very similar to what we see in Dolphins-Bills, where the Bengals go up, there's no reason to keep your starters in. And the Ravens, of all teams, even worse than the Dolphins, have no firepower to mount a comeback. Especially, like, even with Tyler Huntley, it's like, oh, maybe Tyler Huntley's playing. There's a chance he plays. The offense has still been anemic. You know, with him at quarterback, where last season Tyler Huntley filled in just fine for Lamar. This season's been a very different story. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, let's move on to the Cowboys Bucks. I think Dak bounces back in this one. One and a half passing touchdowns yeah. on underdog is his line. I think he goes higher than that. The Bucks allowed nine passing touchdowns over the last four games. That's tied for the second most during that span. And They've allowed the second most touchdowns over the course, passing touchdowns over the course of the season. Um, so yes, yeah. Dak had a bad game last week, terrible game. Okay, but he's thrown two or more touchdowns in eight of the nine games before that. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'm in on Dak. Like I think this is going to be a matchup where you know I think this game might be a little bit close, but it's also possible that that Dak just gets it done. The and the Cowboys just go up. Um, you know the Bucks haven't looked good outside the last like what game. So. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where the Cowboys can do their thing in this one. Yeah, and you pretty much took the words out of my mouth as far as what I was studying for Dak Prescott. You know, everyone, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier about the context being completely removed. People were comparing Dak Prescott's contract and stats to Derek Carr. It's like 
Sure, he has the same number of interceptions as Derek Carr, but he has as many touchdowns in five less games. He's throwing touchdowns. They're scoring a ton of points. Dak Prescott is perfectly fine. 1.5 pass touchdown, I'm taking that all day because, like you said, he scored two touchdowns at least in eight of the last nine games. Um, he looks really good as far as you know being an explosive player. I, I think that this is a really easy one for me. Um, there's no reason I don't think Dak Prescott does badly. And if this is a competitive game, like you know, you say they could go up, even if it's competitive, I think that's still good news because he's going to be throwing the ball. And that's pretty much what you want from anybody. I, I think that Dak Prescott's a really good pick here. Um, what do you think about Rashad White? Um, I have him over 15 and a half receiving yards. You know, you, you can't really count week 10, week, week 18. He hardly played. But since the bye, he's gone over 15 and a half receiving yards in five of six games. And he's right. going to be involved, right? Like him and Fournette were alternating drives over the last couple of games. So he's going to get his 15 and a half seems like a low number to me. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you consider that the way that the Buccaneers are probably going to go into this game. We've seen pass rushes give the Buccaneers a lot of trouble, you know, the Cowboys gave them a lot of trouble in week one. I mean, that's way back when. You know, you can't really give that any credence right now. But Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, they're going to be getting close. They've been applying pressure at a very high rate despite the sacks kind of going down the past few weeks. And if that pressure is there, Tom Brady's one of the best at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Rashad White's going to be that outlet guy. He could easily have four or five catches in this one. You know, obviously there's no receiving prop right now. But, you know, 15 and a half receiving yards, like you said. That's really low. All you have to do is throw. And Dallas has been terrible, trust me, from a guy that watches Cowboys every week. They've been terrible against screens. So maybe one screen is all it takes. You know, and I'll get him his 15 yards. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And this is the reason why there's no reception props for these running backs, right? Because, yeah. like, you know, Fournette and White could end up getting, like, seven <laughs> catches each, right? It could easily right. happen. Um, And then I like the reception prop for Chris Godwin, too. You know, he it's at, sitting at seven catches. Uh, he went over seven catches in five of his last six games, uh, l- five of his last six full games, I should say. And, yeah. you know, Dallas is middle of the pack defending slot wide receivers. I think he's going to be, you know, Tom Brady's uh, main target in this one. Yeah, Dallas has a lot of trouble defending anyone that isn't being covered by Diggs. I mean, you know, Deron Bland, he's come mm-hmm. on a little bit, but they, are, they have a massive hole at the left corner with um, Anthony Brown out and also Jordan Lewis missing. Like, they're just – spread really thin in the secondary right now. So I think the receivers are definitely going to get it done, especially for an offense that's going to be passing the ball a lot. The Buccaneers run offense has just been horrendous, <laughs> you know, pretty much the entire season. They've only gone over three over 100 rushing yards three times this season. It does just so happen that that one of those times was against Dallas in week one. Like we said, that's really far removed from that. So you can't really give that any credence. But I think you look at this, I think Chris Godwin, definitely. It's a similar situation because it's seven receptions over that, so he has to hit eight, just like Keenan Allen. But I'm not worried about Chris Godwin. Yeah. Um, listen, man, I'll say this. If you're trying to like hit it big on like maybe like a, a, a prop outside of underdog, like I like Mike Evans. You know, he's not gonna go into my underdog entry, but mm-hmm. he's been on the right side a lot lately. And this is the playoffs, right? Like, I don't think the Cowboys are gonna let Nashawn Wright cover Mike Evans in this one, dude. Like, I, I, I you can would see be surprised, things. <laughs> dude. I don't know, man. Like, I, I have a feeling that they're gonna go away from what they normally do, and I, I think they're gonna let Trevon follow Evans on the outside. I think, I think, I think they're gonna do it. I cannot imagine after the game that Evans had last week. Like, can yeah. you imagine them like? Mike Evans is going to tear Nashawn Wright up. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be Nishan terrible, Wright, dude. I think he allowed, I think it was 100 yards. Was it against the Titans? 
So uh, and if you look at dude, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been so bad, dude. Uh, what was it? 40, 42. He's allowed half a fantasy point per route run against him. <laughs> yeah. So pretty <laughs> much season. as long as you're <laughs> uh, as long as the receiver's on the field, you're gonna be fine. <laughs> exactly. That's all exactly. It comes down it's to. gonna be bad, dude. It's gonna be bad. So yeah. I like Mike Evans in this one. I think he's more of a you know dart throw DFS play, but yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be bad. Yeah. Uh we'll we'll see what happens in that game. Was there anybody else you liked in that game? Uh, Zeke for touchdown or anything like that? There's one I don't like. It happens to be with Zeke. And they have his line right now, an underdog at seven and a half receiving yards. Leave it alone. Don't take the over. Just leave Ooh. it alone. So, so you're saying that it's tempting, but don't do it. It's tempting. Don't take the bait because he's only had more than two catches, you know, three times a season. Those three times he did go over seven and a half receiving yards. But outside of that, he's done that once on two catches. So four games, he's had over 12 receiving yards. I think outside of that, nothing else. So I'm leaving that alone. The Cowboys have been pretty much telegraphing what they're going to do. If Zeke is on the field, it's either a run or he's going to be in pass protection. And if Tony Pollard's on the field, it's going to be a run or a pass to Tony Pollard. So there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, mysteriousness with this offense. I, I think that Ezekiel Elliott, it looks tempting. Like seven and a half is certainly within reach for pretty much, I think, any other running back, but but not Zeke. <laughs> All right, there it is. There it is. Um, I think that's it for this this episode, guys. Did you have any other props you wanted to bring up, Zach, or you think we're good? No, that that was it. That's all that I got. Okay. All right. Well, well. Good luck this weekend, guys. Again, you know, use code Upper Hand uh, to you know get your first deposit doubled on Underdog, uh, Upper Hand or Upper Hand Pod, whichever code that you want to use. They both work. Um, make sure you use that code so you can make sure you get that 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 um, that first deposit doubled. They have a ton of tournaments that you can enter for this weekend for the entire playoffs as well. Um, and then obviously these pick-ems, um, you know, we, we just gave you a bunch of picks that you can use. You right. Know? So just just take a look and see which ones you like. There might be other, other ones that you like that we haven't brought up. So uh, that'll do it for this episode, guys. We'll be back uh, early next week. We'll see you guys. Take it easy. Peace.